Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to Say What. It is August 12th, 23, and my name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. Um, Dolly's not here today because she's got a bad cold. (laughs) And I guess, you know, she just didn't feel up to it. But um, we hope you feel better, Dolly, fast, so we can hear your lovely little voice again. She's just been out gallivanting. But I've got to tell you this. Well, hi, Walt. <laughs> Let me tell you a story after this, Walt. Hi. <laughs> hi, Nancy. Hi, Mona. Mm-hmm. And Mona, you want to say hi? H-I-G-H. Hey, everybody. I'll flick my pick for you. I'm thinking about you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Dolly's story. So, Dolly has... Uh, Annette, who we talk about, she's been on the show a lot, um, had her own program for a while, and her son, Russell, and Russell's moving out of the house, I guess, but they have this other daughter, Sherry, and Sherry and her husband, and I guess their sons, well, one of their sons was going to get, well, I heard the story, was getting married in Hawaii, and so they were going to Hawaii for this wedding. Um... So that's what she's doing. She is, Dolly is taking care of the dog. And they went out and they went to a, I mean, it was a whole thing that they went to. This has been going on for what, two weeks now. And um, so I finally said to her, where are they going? I mean, I'd heard that they were going to this wedding thing. And she says, why? And I, I wrote her back and I said, uh, Hawaii's on fire, and there's some kind of a tropical storm in the area. Are they even going to get there? Right, and, right. You know, so a little bit later, a couple hours later, she said their their plane had been canceled out of L.A. LAX, and um, then a few hours after that, they had made arrangements to get another plane and to fly into Honolulu. Now, at that point, I'm beginning to think to myself, how big is Hawaii? I don't really know if what what's all happening over there. You know, and I'm hearing well, these you reports. Have, you have three major, three major, three major three islands. islands. So, which, which island is the one affected? Well, it was the one that was where the oldest capital, Maui, the island of Maui. It's the the where the capital of Hawaii had had originally been. And I think they call whatever it is that Honolulu's on um, the Big Island, I think. I think that's what they say. I think that's where Pearl Harbor is. Um, One of the reasons I was looking is that my brother, who passed away a long time ago, his wife, last I heard, was still living in Hawaii because he had been living in Hawaii when he passed. And uh, I wondered about that, you know, but... um, now this Maui itself is this 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 island just burnt up. 
I don't know if you guys have seen the, the videos. Yes, I've seen some of them. It's really bad. It, it's horrendous. And this morning I woke up and I felt this real intense heaviness. Oh. And, you know, I realized after a bit of kind of, what is this about? Is that because I, I, I kept seeing, I mean, it's one thing to face a storm. It's another to face this fire. This fire apparently started, this is the, you know, what's current now, apparently started because they were getting, they had a high uh, above the, just to the north of the island and below it, they had this tropical storm that was a couple, few hundred miles away. Well, having been a few hundred miles away from a tropical storm, I can tell you that, yeah, you can get some severe wind. Uh, bands of wind will just all of a sudden, I mean, I remember this one storm was coming in and it was still way off. And all of a sudden, I was out in the yard, and all of a sudden this wind just went through my yard like unbelievably. I mean, it, it had to have been 80 mile per hour winds at least. And it was over within a few seconds, basically. But apparently those winds, where the power lines fell and started a fire, these winds came in and just, boom, exploded it. And the island, out of all those islands there, it was the only one that was in a drought condition because apparently it doesn't have the tall mountains that the big island has, for instance, to, you know, as part of the creation of rain is mountains. And uh, so they were very dry. But there was no warning, none. They, people, are, people that were, you know, some of them that got out were saying, why didn't they push the tsunami button? You know, we, we, every month we have a tsunami test. Why didn't they push that? And it just, all these old buildings, I mean, historic buildings, uh, just blew, I mean, they were like, um, a kindle for a fire and not only did it just come and, and when I first saw the fires there were a few of them it wasn't just one and in the the main city Lanai or something like that Lehigh or something something along those lines this it burnt the city to the ground that there's nothing standing and it actually burnt the boats in the harbor. And people were saving themselves by jumping into the ocean. They've got pictures of people that were, you know, on this reef that was just above water, that they'd been there for half a day or something. Um, it's just, just, just a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. And it's confirmed that the this is natural. This is not man-made. We don't know. I mean, the story is is the high winds took down the power lines. They don't know for sure, but that's what they think. Um, I, it's just, and of course, then you've lost your communications. Nobody, and they wouldn't let anybody back in there for the people that. Were, hadn't been there when they started and they wouldn't some people did get out um but i and, and they're talking about last i heard it was like 55 people dead 
I'm sorry, there's got to be a lot more people than that. So in which of the four islands is this wedding supposed to be happening? Oh, the wedding. Oh, yeah. Well, I never did figure this out because <laughs> finally it turns out that, well, they weren't going to get married in Hawaii. They Because everybody that was going to Hawaii was all from Florida. They were going to Hawaii to have a party and take wedding pictures, but then they were flying back to Hawaii, um, to Florida, to get married. <laughs> so, well, someone's got I, money to burn. I said, boy, you know, I mean, that's an expensive wedding. The honeymoon. So, I I don't know, but that that's what happened. So for, you know. Couple. Of, I mean, I don't. I didn't. I didn't even think they'd be allowed into Hawaii, uh, a, any of the islands, because they were talking about trying to evacuate the people in Maui and a lot of tourists um, to get out to the other islands to get them out of the area, you know. And I thought, well, if you're transporting people to like the other islands, why would you be taking tourists in? in the big island. So I guess maybe there's a lot more geography there than I was aware of. Now, is there only one major airport? I mean, the, uh, it's like, where is the airport located? In the Honolulu or one of the other islands? Well, the Honolulu, of course, is, is an island, you know, that's not associated with the fires. Um, but there was an airport on Maui because mm, I think they were supposed to originally have gone to Maui. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask Dolly that. Um, so and I, I guess that, you know, the island was not involved in the fires. But there's a bunch of people with big money, including uh, the head of Amazon. What's his name? Jeff Bezos. Uh -huh. And um, Oprah. She's got a house there. Let me see who's there. Uh Oprah, Bezos, Larry Ellison. Okay, now there's some others. Steven Tyler, Clint Eastwood, Mick Fleet, Fleet, Fleetwoods, uh, Owen Wilson. They, they they all have homes there, and um, Ellison owns 98% of the city. Lanai, L-A-N-A-I. So, and who's nobody, Ellison? Some guy that's got a lot of money. Let me see in here. Oh, uh, I gotta see if I can get this bigger. <laughs> okay, uh, it says. No, it doesn't say anything about him. He's one of the big money people. Anyway, oh. Bezos owns $78 million property. <laughs> that's all they said. Anyway, so that's, uh, it's just really sad. Uh, you know, so send out your prayers and your good intentions for all these people and the animals and the plants and, I mean, just devastated. And be grateful. 
be grateful if you 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 know for everything you've got when you hear about these type of things so anyway um okay so uh mona is there anything that you wanted that you saw that you wanted to talk about i don't think too much in advance nancy so that's not a fair question oh okay okay i understand that well uh walt does because uh anelia huh? put out uh another well it's a, i get well why don't you tell them what it's about walt okay let me open up this file now anelia Benz, for those people that don't know she's been we've been looking at her for a decade or more and she is somebody who would she come from the fifth dimension and she's here to um, no she doesn't say no this is no she doesn't say anything about dimensions it's just that as a she's the this is her first life as an incarnated human that's that's how she's different from other people is that this is her first uh, life as a human being so 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 she doesn't have any past karma karma on earth i mean that i think that's uh, uh strategically speaking that's what she, why she's been able to uh do the work she's done for for so long uh because she she has no past karma anywhere on earth therefore that's why they couldn't take her now down i mean that's the way that's the way the uh the cabal works to get you know to get rid of uh people is they they uh they attack you based on your karma because pe people have so much crap built up and that's what they do they attack you with what your own crap that you haven't faced and you have issues that you never process properly so that's how they bring you down and in her case she has no no past karma so there's they had nothing uh, to to uh, control her with nothing so that's why she was able to <laughs> over the years uh walt walt's been following her much closer than i have but over the years he's told some funny stories about her like when she was a kid she kept falling over and tripping uh -huh, and what uh -huh. was that caused by because she was never she <laughs> she was she's got a couple of photos when she was a, a little girl and it's very curious to see the difference between the two photos because in one photo she's completely inside her body and the in the other photo it, it was uh it, it was taken at a time because she could not see in front of her because she was actually outside of her body so all that she where she would look in front of her she would see the the back of the head so she could see uh behind her up above her uh, on each side she could see that but in front of her was her body so when she would try to walk she was always tripping against something because she wasn't seeing in front of her and she when she told her mother this is what's happening <laughs> the mother says get into your body right now <laughs> and that must have uh shocked her or something and then she was she said my view my field of view got smaller and i started seeing through my eyes so now she could see the thing the things that were in front of her <laughs> because she wasn't 
fully inside her, the physical body. So, And you could detect in the photographs that difference? Yes, because in one photo, you uh, both photos have, have a captured, uh, whoever took the photo was able to capture the condition of her eyes. In one photo, it's like there's nobody home. You see her eyes and it's like there's nobody there. The, and the other photo, no, you can, you, there's, a, there's a person in there because the eyes are full of light and they're full of life. So, and, and I mentioned that to her on, on an email and she says, oh, very observant of you, that's correct. In one, in, in one photo, I am fully inside the body. In the other photo, I wasn't. And you remember what, uh, what happened with, uh, with Dolly and, and uh, Stan? You know, what, when, what happened happened and she looked into his eyes and it's like he, was nothing, he wasn't there. It was, there was nobody home. All right, All right. Well, the, 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 um, first off, even even Walt's mom knows was Larry, right? She got she got friendly with Larry and oh, yeah. son. and uh, so we've had and she's you know been into the, well she was into the shunk. I don't know if she stayed with it, but the other one that I thought the story that came to mind was when she, I guess she was asking her guides to show her what they look like. Oh yeah. Uh, it, that uh, she tells us she was a she was at home. I think she was by herself at home, and for years she had been talking with her guides. She she knows she has two guides that have always been with her, and she would see, see them and speak with them when the, when she was a child. So ever since she was a little child, she she stopped seeing them. So one day she felt that you know she wanted to see them again. And they said, no, it's not a good idea for you to see us. You know, you're a grown-up now. And, and she, she says, but okay, I mean, we've been together since, you know, I've been here. So why should there be a problem? But no, no, because you're not, you're going to be a little bit scared because we don't look exactly like other, like humans. And and she, and she kept insisting, no, don't, don't be killer. Don't be silly. Uh, you know, I'm, I have no problem with uh, with with seeing you. So, okay, they, they manifested before her. And what happened is her body was terrified because he, they, do, they don't look exactly human. So she, her body, well, not me, but her, her body got so terrified, she ran away screaming and she went into the kitchen, like as if, and she says, and she laughed because she says, like, as if the kitchen, kitchen was gonna be able to protect me somehow. <laughs> So, and that was because her her body was not accustomed to seeing the the shape and form of her guides, because she always she makes that distinction all the time that how uh, just because we are aware of ourselves and we think and all of that, we keep forgetting that we the body and us are two separate entities. Because we have the the soul of the body, and then we have our spiritual soul that we that we communicate with, and we have to be aware of that because the the soul of the body doesn't know exactly the same things that we do. So uh, that's she talks. She calls it the uh, the body elemental. So even though the body may, at some point will you know give up, it's a, it's a material existence. 
the body elemental continues to exist. The body elemental has incarnations the same way that we have incarnations. So and sometimes it happens that there are there are people that have such a, such affinity with their body elemental that they spent hundreds of incarnations always the same soul visiting the same uh, so uh, the same body elemental. So for hundreds of lives, they keep sharing the journey, the, the same soul with the same body elemental. But not everyone is like that. There are others that as they go from life to life, they will inhabit different body elementals. So, you know, not all, not all the journeys are the same. That's interesting. I think I probably come back to this body elemental a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel just so comfortable, you know. Uh, anyway. Um, okay, so... And so, Anelia's got a whole ministry kind of situation, and Walt is participating in it, and he got an email, and he went further in it. So, talk about the email, because it's an interesting subject. Uh, yeah, um, I want yeah. to get the... Hold on a second. Okay, there it is. I want to open the file. The, the file. The, she sent um, a class. You, you know, she offers classes, and you you pay for the class, and she you you get the PDF and you get an MP3 of the class. And the part this particular class that she she offered was uh, the title of the class is called Death and Manifestation. And the reason she she uh, touched out on the subject because she goes on to elaborate uh, how the, the concept of death colors what we manifest, we come, what we bring into manifestation. And, and we do. Unfortunately, there's, there's so much uh, uh, of the concept of death and how we view death and how we value death. Uh, everything is, is like it touches on everything because uh, there's so much that we tie on, onto this. Like, for example, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, for example, ask yourself, what uh, okay, what what response do you get, or what do you feel if you if you were to um, somebody were to say to you, okay, you you can live on a hundred more years in perfect health and youth, you know, would you would you take it? Would you do it? And a lot of people, a lot of people answer when you and and you want that. Instant that answer, not not where you're thinking about the answer, no, but what what comes automatically out of you. A lot of people say no, because a lot of people envision uh, uh, obstacles that would affect you know, like oh, okay, I don't want to be here so long because I'm going to be bored. If I, it's like it's amazing how many people, for example, when the uh, when you bring up. The option, okay. Let's say you you have a uh, hundred years of good, positive, you know, no 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 sickness, no 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 physical problems. Just exist, you know, enjoy your existence and and learn and progress and 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 do because the, the longer you live, the more you ch the chance you have to work out all the all the problems you've accumulated through different lives. So, but a lot of people, it's unbelievable. They don't want to give up the darkness 
because they they have this notion that uh, if they give it, if they get rid of the darkness and all the on the conflicts that they have through life, maybe they're going to get bored. So they don't want to be bored. <laughs> like wow. So this is what this is what passes for entertainment in some people's minds. Problems. It's like they're, they're, I I I blame TV because that's what TV teaches. You know, you look at any look at any adventure series. Uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, they're all based on one thing and one thing only, drama. If there is no conflict, there is no story. Haven't you noticed that? If there's no conflict of some kind, you know, some some horrible crisis or battle or some evil monster, whatever, there is no story. Everything, every every story is driven by some kind of drama, by something bad. Have you not noticed that? So I blame TV for that <laughs> belief. Well, I, I'm not so sure it was TV. Because I think God fell into the same thing, the source God. I think that manifestation from the source God is what created this 3D reality that we're into. And, you know, God was bored. I wonder what would happen if this happened. And boom, because God is all-powerful, it, it started manifesting and so you know all the drama that's here was because god was bored <laughs> in my opinion i hope the source god has gotten over that you know at this time at this point in the game i think maybe source god would say you know i'm over this drama i think <laughs> a place to go i'll make some people well, that okay. say again it's it's a chaos theory, cause and effect, action and reaction. And since things are evolving, yeah, they might bounce off the wrong bumpers, huh? so you don't get to sink the eight ball or whatever. But uh, it's rather in interesting how impressed that we take the things that coordinate around us and we use them as a personal either denial or implement implemented into thinking we're supposed to be that way when it's not you know it's 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 crazy because god don't want to do any of that he left it up to us that's what divine right order is you order it you put up with whatever you get from it which is universal law so it's already programmed and coordinated the chaos theory just saying Well, I won't argue with it, <laughs> but, <Okay. laughs> you know, I think it might have started because God was bored. So anyway, Walt, so that, go on with your story. <laughs> uh, no, so, so, um, so for example, um, let me show you, let me go to the section where you have, uh, do, you, do you want me to read the, uh, the, the beginning to, to get a better, to get better context to this? This whole thing, instead of me jumping to something that, like uh, the first exercise. Well, recently I would say we have to be careful because you know they're trying to to get us, get me <laughs> on uh, copyright infringement on photographs. Oh. oh and okay. the, ne the next thing is going to be music. So you'll oh. find that when I'm putting up the archives, I'm cutting out the music now. Oh. And 
then um, things like Anelia's paid for uh, class, it's got copyright all over it. Oh However, we personally know her. I don't think she's going to sue us, so go for it. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, well, it, the, the, the first page is important because it, it gives context to what's going to be read. If you if you jump directly to one of the, uh, to like for example the first ex exercise, you might be left like, where's this coming from? So, uh, the first page reads like this: uh, the the text, the reason it says MP3 is because uh, it, it's all text coming from an MP3 file. This MP3 covers the link between death and manifestation. The first thing to look at. What do we understand by death? In the context of this MP3, death means the separation of the soul from the physical body, including the separation of the more subtle bodies, such as the energy body, mind body, egoic body, and emotional body, from the physical body. Some of these bodies are carried from lifetime to lifetime by the soul, and others are not. The main separation would be from the physical elemental body, the more subtle bodies do have an in-between lives experience, which is connected to the soul. Within this topic, a soul is defined as a singular viewpoint within the universe. A single and singular viewpoint are not the same. A single viewpoint can be shared by an entire collective, such as a species collective, as well as a group. An example of this would be that an entire group as one common viewpoint about something. That something could be a belief system, a way of looking at the world, a geographical location, which affects how they see the world, and many other things such as cultural programs and firewalls, which make their viewpoint uh, to be a single viewpoint. So that's a single viewpoint as opposed to a singular viewpoint, a singular viewpoint would be what we understand as one being, one unique viewpoint within time and space, groups, realities, and existence. This unique viewpoint is what I'm referring to to be the soul. The singular viewpoint movement from one physical body elemental to another is what we call reincarnation. In between reincarnations, the singular viewpoint or the soul can carry and often does carry some of the subtle bodies with it. That's why individuals can remember previous life existences as the sole construct, uh, as the singular viewpoint. The physical elemental body has its own independent evolutionary process and reincarnation path. Just like the soul can have incarnations with different elemental bodies, so can the elemental bodies have incarnations with different souls. Often what happens is that a particular body elemental and a particular soul will join in an incarnation and be highly compatible. They really work well together. When this happens, it is often the case that the same elemental body and the same soul construct will incarnate together time and time again within this or other planets and dimensions. One might think of the physical elemental body to be a physical expression of divine consciousness. And one might think that the soul is a singular viewpoint that can cross and incarnate or not incarnate throughout all dimensions, universes and existences. 
And again, for this MP3, what we mean by death is the separation of the singular viewpoint, the soul, from the physical elemental body. The aim of this MP3 is to achieve a greater understanding of what death is, how it serves us, and how, when we look at why we die, the reasons behind our death often rule how we live our lives, what we manifest and experience as our personal life. How our physical elemental body views death and experiences death is completely and utterly different to how our soul experiences death. Sometimes these two can get confused and mixed up with each other. And when this happens, we can't exactly separate one from the other. But as we start looking at ourselves as, symbi as a symbiotic relationship between a human body and, and, a, and an elemental between a human body and an eternal divine consciousness, a being which we call the soul, we can start understanding and separating what programs, firewalls, or fears we may have that belong to our elemental physical body and which ones we may have that belong to our singular viewpoint or soul. I'm going to share two exercises with you that illustrate what we manifest in life and how that is related directly to how we view or feel about dying. When we do these exercises, sometimes, often, we get distracted into looking at ways in which we can stay alive forever. We get distracted into looking at physical immortality. Sometimes we also get distracted into feeling that the cycle of life and death, particularly with regards to the elemental physical body, is a form of a victim-aggressor cycle, and at other times, we become distracted when doing these exercises into seeing ourselves imprisoned as a soul being within a matrix where this planet exists. Becoming aware that we can become distracted by these issues, fears, or programs while doing these, these exercises is quite important because the aim of the exercises is to view, become aware, or become conscious of our life choices so that we can start living life at a more empowered level. We are divine eternal beings, extremely able and unlimited in what we can do. At a human existential level, the limitations are all programs and perceptual or conceptual belief systems. The limitations are also mostly around the physical body and to do with the physical body and its survival. So stepping away from those limitations is part and parcel of making conscious choices that will allow us, allow us to have a life that is, if not unlimited, then at least having less unconscious limitations put upon it. By following these exercises and doing them regularly for the next few days, we can choose which limits, which limitations we keep or adopt into our lives and which we decide to lose or release from our lives. You are probably aware of these exercises and it's very likely that you have done them before. Uh, the first one is to say to ourselves, if I was today to die, if I was to die seven days from now, what would I do differently in this present time within the now? Would I change my behavior? Would I change what I'm actually doing this very second and in the following week? if I knew for a fact that I was going to die in seven days. 
When we first ask this question, the answers will be at different levels of complexity. The very first answer then would be a yes, a no, I don't know, or maybe. If you get if you get I don't know or maybe, have a look at the question again. If you find yourself unable to answer this question, I would recommend that you use the firewall exercise that you can find for free at ascension101.com. The firewall sentence to use with firewall exercise would be, I can't answer this question. Once you're able to answer the question to the death exercise, a yes or no, whether you would change what you would be doing if you knew you were going to die in seven days, then the answer can be more complex. One aspect would be part of the long-term survival and of consequences would be removed. If it is very likely that things or items or individuals with you, with the, which you keep around yourself or activities that you do purely for your survival, long-term survival, but that you don't actually enjoy would be removed for the next week. It is also very likely that you would you will find activities and maybe individuals whom you have stopped yourself adding due to programs or limitations or fears that stopped you before. The fear, the fear of impending death also needs to be addressed if it comes up. This is not just a mental exercise. It involves our physical body. It involves our emotional body and yes, our mental body. The exercise is not about you dropping everything and running away to paradise islands somewhere. But if this is what came up for you, for you as something that you would do, if you knew you were going to die in seven days, then that is in itself a very strong indicated indicator that you are manifesting on a day-to-day -day basis. And also look at why not. Why not drop everything and go somewhere idyllic for you? What is stopping you? Those are things that are stopping you and, and you are of interest when looking at our daily and long-term manifestation of life on the planet. It is about looking closely at the things that we do because of fear of the future or the things that we do that are solely based on our physical survival. Other things will also come up, such as relationships which haven't mended, uh, don't have closure with, with certain people or certain locations. We may also start looking at uh, forgiveness for ourselves or, or others and other life-altering actions. Seven days is a very short st uh, time span. And that is why this exercise helps us to identify those actions which are not necessarily for our spiritual, energetic, mental, or emotional well-being, but are more to do with physical survival and how to deal with those on long-term basis. So this exercise will identify items, situations, things, beings, and people we are manifesting in our lives, or that we allow a co-creation with in our lives that are fear-based so that we can then start processing those fears and start moving consciously, but not necessarily very quickly. We don't have to do, do it within a week. Out of those patterns or out of those relationships or actions and into a more resonant situation. So, so do this exercise on a regular basis for the next few weeks or even months and keep a log, keep an, keep an account of 
does it change and how is it changing? Is it having any effect on your physical reality? For the next exercise, it might be really useful to have a pen and paper with you or for you to know, open a notepad on your computer and make notes. The reason is that we that often we get distracted doing this exercise and also we can easily forget our first responses and it is our first response which is a key to why or how we are limiting ourselves on achieving our full potential in this lifetime. So feel free to pause the MP3 right now and then come back when you're ready to write down your answer. So here is the exercise. Imagine for a moment that you could live another 100 years in full health and youth. Would you do it? If your answer is yes, then what about 1,000 years? What about 2,000 years? What about 10,000 years? At what stage did you say no if at all. If you haven't said no, then continue on 50,000 years, 100,000 years, 1 million years. Most of us would have, would have said no by now. Now let's look, look at the reason. If you already said no, I would not live that long, why would you choose death at that point? The reason that came up for, for you is one of those firewalls a key to how you are limiting your life and manifesting and manifestation right now. Take a look. One of the common ones would be things as uh, everyone I love will be dead. There is a fear of losing your loved ones, our loved ones. There are presently 6 billion people on Earth. The chances are that there are going to be plenty of people for you to form close loving relationships with. The issue here is that we fear the laws of people we love right now. And when we start living life in integrity, and also we follow our own resonance, it is often very true that we start losing the people around us that are asleep, refuse to wake up, or don't want us to wake up, because often they will feel threatened by our changes. Another common one is, I will be trapped here on earth and in this physical body. The thought of being trapped is exploited and explored in many teachings, religions and schools of thought. Often the result is that we do not truly embrace life. We stop ourselves from really stepping in and becoming open to situations, dreams that we may have or enjoying life in general. One of the most interesting aspects about this feeling, the feeling that we don't, that if we don't die within the 100 years, we're going to be trapped here, is that if we didn't die within 100 years, it is very likely that we would have enough time to process all the programs that limit our experience on the planet. Whereas, whether that's DNA or energetic bundles that surround us in this particular physical body, we would be able to step into a type of experience that was very, very expanded. Of course, the, it is also the case where life or the human collective or environment on this planet has been hostile to us and the experience of life that we have been, uh, that we've had had has been harsh and difficult. So the thought that we might live here for another hundred years or another thousands or another million years can be quite scary. Ultimately, the energy of 
or the fear of being trapped here on earth on this physical body for another million years no matter what the re reason is behind our fear results in us not fully embracing all the possibilities and all of our potential to manifest and experience life day to day as well as long term so how do we deal with fear of being trapped here firstly we use the fear processing exercise so fear being trapped here on this planet on this body for a thousand years or million years you're welcome here so that's a statement in quotes use the fear processing exercise the full text of which you can find at ascension101.com under tools secondly and this step is, is really not necessary but can be super interesting would be to follow the energy line back to where the fear originated or where the fear is based on and what the fear is based on without judgment you simply find the origin and observe it and process it and another reason that often an individual will have for not having a life that lasts a thousand years or a million years is that they will get bored and they will leave they believe they will get bored this is a tricky one because if we look at the reasons that we come up with for not living for a for a million or a thousand years are the same reasons for not fully stepping into our power right now in the present time and for filling our fullest potential is interesting that the thoughts or the programs or the belief that we will get bored comes up this reminds me of many comments I've had throughout the years on my Facebook page or through email from people saying, I really, really don't want to drop the light dark paradigm because then I'll get bored. Or if all the drama leaves my life and all the people who are negative and dramatic leave my life, I'll get bored. What will I do then? Who will I save? <laughs> all around us, we see individuals who are not fully engaging with life. Instead, they are engaging, engaged with television or Facebook news or other entertainment based and mindless Internet pages and web and websites, personal dramas, addictions or work and leave everything else outside of that particular activity. When a person exists in that limited environment where everything is externally stimulated, it is quite difficult for them to step inwardly and discover that expanded awareness, which comes directly from an exploration of the self. The same can be said about an individual who cannot fathom or imagine that the longer they stay on the planet, the more rich and fulfilling their existence can, existence, their experience of life can become. And if we change the word, the longer they stay on the planet too, the more they engage with life on the present moment, the result is exactly in actuality the same. The more we choose to engage with life, the more we choose to expand our awareness, abilities and skills, the more able we are to manifest a life that is richer, more fulfilling and more filled with experience that we could possibly imagine from a state of slam slumber or a state of limited perception. Often also, when an, uh, an individual lives a life of service or work for uh, others or work to improve the planet, to raise the level of vibration here or other type of work that takes up a lot of their time, including working endless hours 
or endless years just to survive or to provide for their beloved ones, the reason that comes up is it's too much. I need to take a break. I can't do this anymore. Or I can't do that for that amount of time. They see a thousand years of hard work up ahead or a million years of hard work up ahead. If any type of reason comes up for you, that would be too much of something where there is too much work, too much pain, too much activity, too many people, too much of anything. It means, and in this very moment, on the present time, you have manifested or allowed in, or allowed in too much of that particular item, too much work, or too many people, too much suffering, or too much pain, too much activity of some sort or another. Moving forward from that would be to look at closely at that activity or whatever it was that was too much and start exploring ways to cut down on it. So make a list or write down and see and perceive how life would be different if there wasn't too much of that item in it. Allow yourself to go there. Allow yourself to experience it. Because yes, sometimes often the only way we can think of that, of that could remove us from a certain situation, group or people, geographical location or or activity is, or activity is death. But that is a discussion that is, and that is a program. But that is an illusion, and that is a program. We can also step out and we can step into a more resonant life at any moment, any any moment. Another reason for not wanting to live longer than a thousand years or two thousand years or a million years is power. The belief that the longer we stay here and the more we are able to live life as a person and the less programs and limitations that we carry with us because we've had long enough time to process through them, the more powerful we become. And there's a resistance to becoming more powerful than everybody else on the planet. There is a resistance to fully stepping into our power right now because there is a belief that it means that we will become more powerful than everybody else around us. And that and what does that mean? Uh, what does what does this what does it mean to be more powerful than every single person around us? In order to keep us subdued and enslaved in the society, we've been taught that power is bad, that power is corrupt and that power only exists within the dynamic of power over others. However, an awake and aware person that steps into their power is actually mapping personal sovereignty for the entire human collective. So if you were to live a thousand or two thousand years and become extremely powerful, all you're doing is opening the doors for everybody else on the planet to step into their own power. What does that mean for us now? In this present moment, if we fully step into our power, if we process all the fears and programs that limit our power and that limit our personal use of that power, because our power is definitely being used, except it's not being used by us. Not only are we becoming powerful, but we are also allowing other people around us to see that it's possible and they, they too can start mapping their own capacity, ability and willingness to step into their own power. Another interesting reason for not living over a hundred, a thousand or a million years that comes up for individuals is being seen. 
a person will automatically start thinking of ways in which to hide the fact that they are immortal or that they have lived way past a normal, regular human life. So, for example, individuals who start thinking, well, how do I pass on my house, my money, my things onto my new identity? You see it in a lot of movies where people who are immortal have to figure out ways of pretending that they've died and they're a new person, a new identity. A person has a knowing that they have to hide their difference and their capacity to live forever. Fears come up, such as they will become lab rats, guinea pigs, people will come and imprison them and cut them up and investigate how this is happening. So there is a lot of fear of being seen, perceived and acknowledged to being different and to having some sort of capacity or ability beyond those which other human beings have. How does that translate in our regular lives? Basically, we limit ourselves, and most of our limitations are due to this in order not to be seen, in order not to make anybody afraid of us, not to stand out and not be persecuted. The energy of persecution for any special kill, skills, abilities, or capacity to see has been well ingrained into the human species through generations and many, many incarnations where an individual who had expanded awareness, capacity of manifestation, capacity of healing, would be tortured and imprisoned, made less, made incapable, and removed from our social structure. It's a very, very strong program, both at a personal level and as well as a societal, societal level. So, the fear of being seen. If this reason came out for you, process the fear of being seen and also process the fear of fully engaging and expressing yourself and your full potential as a person, right now, in the present moment. We limit our life in years. We also limit our lives in expansion, potential and experience. By exploring why would we limit our lives in time through years uh, through years we can start clearly seeing how we are limiting our lives in potential and experience so when we do this exercise make a note of how many years the result comes back and yeah i wouldn't live past those years yeah i wouldn't live past 100 years uh, i wouldn't live past a thousand years two thousand years five thousand years ten thousand years a million years two million years See where and how where that limit comes along. Or where there is a clause. Okay, I will consider it. Or I will stay alive that long, as long as X, Y, Z. Make note of that. Make a note of when that happens. May have a look and process the programs and the energies that come up as the reason why you wouldn't go past that number. And then go back and do the exercise again. But take your time. So, for example, on one day, do the exercise, find out your limit, and take a few days and maybe a week to do the processing around those programs. Make sure that whenever you step into judgment, you make a note that you are uh, in judgment and step out of it again. And simply look at the programs and process fears and programs that may come up for you. And then the next week, do it again and see the number and see has the number changed? Has it become smaller? Has it become larger? Have a look and see what, why, or what programs have come up for you. 
If when you do the exercise, you don't come up to a point where you say, yeah, I'm not going to live past that number of years. In other words, you'd be willing and happy to live on this planet, on this body forever, and you pretty much achieved removal of limitations that are connected between the program that says you need to die on this program, on this planet, or our physical body needs to die and we need to separate from our physical body in order to move and evolve. And the day-to-day -day manifestation of a full, empowered and highly en enriching life. Next, I want, I want to look and explore some deeply embedded programs that are come up with in, have come up into our through through culture and religion that teaches us teaches us not to fully engage with life right now. One of these programs is that oh, I love this one because this this reminds me of uh, the Catholic Church in Argentina. <laughs> one of these programs is that. Life is a trial, and it doesn't matter what happens to you during this life because the real place or home is reached after death. So basically, we don't have to worry about growing, evolving, manifesting a magnificent planet, a magnificent life, a magnificent personal experience in a human body because life here is meaningless, and we really just need to wait until we die and then we can have paradise. Can we can be reunited with our? We can be reunited with our loved ones. Who <laughs> I I love the sport. Our loved ones who miraculously have become extremely good, caring and nurturing in death, caring and nurturing in death, no matter what they were like when they were alive. <laughs> and we can live next to our deity, God or goddess, Jesus, the angels, the Buddhas. So we don't actually have to worry about or do anything to improve our or other people's lot here on this planet while in a physical body. Oh, I love that part where she says that all our relatives miraculously became good people because they died. <laughs> Not, <laughs> sorry, I'm digressing a ton here. Most individuals on the planet have had physical experiences or physical lives many, many times before. And I am purposely not using the word incarnations because incarnation literally means in the flesh. So they've had lives in the flesh and physical experience is not limited to being in a flesh body. Physical experience can be of a more subtle nature. In other words, to experience physicality, we don't necessarily need a flesh body, but that is where we are at the moment. We are in a flesh body, sometimes even saying those words, I am in a flesh body, will have all sorts of programs and beliefs coming up for us. Sometimes emotional charges will come up too. And these are very much related to the reasons behind the separation of the spirit from this particular flesh body at some point in the future. And just like to have a, a physical experience with we don't necessarily need a flesh body. Neither do we need to get rid of the flesh body to have an in-between life experiences or a spiritual experience. Children are capable of moving in and out of the astral plane without any effort. Most of us will forget how to do this or that we are actually doing this when we go to sleep at night. 
the capacity and ability to move out of the flesh body that our viewpoint, the singular viewpoint or a soul can move out of the physical body and use a more subtle body or energy body or astral body to have that experience to go where we might call home or the in-between lives places or meet our star families or our soul group, our present soul group is switched off or forgotten at some point in our lives, but it doesn't stop. And we can regain the skill and also the memory of doing it at any age. We just have to explore and study and practice exercises to do lucid dreaming or astral travel. So how is this related, this belief system that we cannot reach those states or those individuals or those dimensions unless we drop the physical body, unless we separate permanently from this flesh body and our capacity to manifest. How is it related to manifestation and reaching our full potential? The key word here is limitation. If we lead an ordinary life where the programs become stronger the older we become and the limitations and the disempowerment becomes greater the longer we live in this flesh body, then the only way to reboot and start afresh and to release or unshackle from all those programs we are taught or we believe would be to disengage from the body and go to the in-between lives places, have the experience, then come back afresh with new goals and a new life aims and plans can be achieved. But that limitation is artificial because at any moment and in any place, we can decide to radically change our lives. We can completely change our life plans and goals, the people we are connected with, the programs we carry, we can do this and we can expand with unlimited potential. Any thought or belief system that says that that's impossible, there are issues or primary programs or damage to my being that I cannot fix or change, those are powerful firewalls. But any firewall can be overcome and at this point again, I'd like to remind you that these exercises or the, these, these data, the looking at the different programs that are coming up for us, are not to try to get a life that lasts forever in this flesh body. It's actually to look at the relationship between the short lifespan that we are subscribing to and the way in which we also limit the reaching of our full potential in present time, right now. Another highly ingrained program in our species, and more severely so in the West, is that the longer we live, the weaker and less able and more dependent and sicker we become. The truth is, before this modern belief and embodiment of a weak old body, the older the person was, the stronger and wiser the truth is, before this modern belief and embodiment of a weak old body, the older the person was, the stronger and wiser they became. That's why elders were usually the ones who run the tribes. Elders today in the Western society would probably be perceived and seen as possibly ex possible experience as a group of old individuals in an old person's home who suffered from Alzheimer's, incontinence, lack of drive, or memory and incapable of looking after themselves or others, or even make their own decisions. 
we as a species have integrated decay and death into, into our short lifespan. It's almost like an insurance clause that stipulates if you don't go out through sickness or accidents or other types of death, eventually the body will be triggered into decaying and naturally dying. It's a very strong program, but that is all it is. It is a program. When we look at why on earth would be as a species have integrated a safety valve of dying and removing ourselves from a flesh body into a human life, Again, the response is limitation. This is a way to limit us as a species. Somehow, somewhere, as a species, we agreed to be limited. We agreed to be bound to a very small spectrum of experience, and that agreement is the one thing that is coming up right now to be reviewed and changed, not just in ourselves, but also at a species level. So the limitation that comes up with regards to our own sense of being, our own expansion, our own capabilities and abilities to manifest full potential here in this body and at this time also translates at a social level, at a collective level. And therefore, if we were to break through those limitations, we can absolutely expect two possible results. One of them, we be open the gates to other individuals to map out to map out to our achievement our full potential by being here now experiencing and expanding to our own capacities and abilities and also we will probably get resistance at a social cultural level so please really re-listen to this mp3 and do the exercises take your time do the exercises through time because the resistances that we may perceive from a social level or that we manifest at a social level and also the resistances that we come up with at a personal level are those programs that we need to be looked at and at and be looked at and overcome at this time not just for ourselves but for our species for the human collective until next time, this is Anelia Benz for Ascension101.com. Are you guys still awake or did, uh, yeah. did I put you to well, sleep? Now we're here. <laughs> we're, a little over, we're a little over time, so let's just play a tune and we'll be right back and talk about it. An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price. Mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree, and their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, Tell you I will, and not belabor. Mystical Wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber.
So there you have it, folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balance to stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to Say What? It is August 12th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Walt Silva and Mona Radler. So, um, well, Walt, that was quite a read. <laughs> I'm sorry if it went through so long. Well, it w- I found it interesting, actually. Uh, Mona, what, <clears throat> what were your opinions of it? Did you get something out of it or not? I could see that there's a quality or quantity of it's me, myself, and I, or body, mind, or spirit, or soul, or that we have those different layers that we must incorporate to consider part as the whole. You know, it's not just me, because me means I, which means one. No, man, I got many parts of blowing around me here, me, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's why we we are very good. Like we will we'll understand something, and then uh, you you you're faced with like a different circumstance, and you're totally thrown for a loop. And it's like you wonder why what is it? Why why am I not getting this? And then you realize that it's not you, whatever it is that you refer right. to as you, but it's the other you. The body is you. <laughs> but the confirmations of the goose pimples or the. Uh-huh. Um, What's the other thing? The ahas, you know, that something coordinates and commends and complements the other things. So it's like a whole in one kind of thing, you know what I mean? When everything comes together, like the synchronicities and the other things that happen around us that is more or less influencing so much that we don't recognize either, but it still is. Well, like, for example, um, Larry... Uh, in Elias' husband, he was reading. I, I don't know the title of the book. He was reading the the in a, in a book uh, a particular anecdote where you know that she speaks about how the physical body has its own elemental soul, but it's also a carrier for what we refer to as ourselves, uh, the soul. 
So it is actually an entity that has the two souls. We, we refer to as the... Uh, the second brain? No, no. What we refer to is... is <clears throat> The elemental soul is the soul of the physical body. What we refer to as this, the subconscious. Okay. Like the subconscious doesn't go to sleep. The subconscious believes everything it hears at the face level. It doesn't understand when we make a joke. Well, and okay. and the other, the other, the high soul is the one that, that we refer to as this is us. We, this is our, ourselves. Well, uh, you mean uh, our self? Like, for example, the consciousness that you're using right now to talk to me, the okay. consciousness that refers to herself as Mona Rodler, that would be the high soul. It's, it's, it's aware of its existence. And Larry was reading about the story of this, part, with this particular body that the elemental soul of this body, he... <laughs> He was so uh, resistant to being told what to do that the actual, the, the high soul occupying that, uh, that body, he tried as much as he could to steer him in a particular way and he couldn't get it. He couldn't get him to do what he wanted. So he ended up having to leave that body because that particular physical body did not want to be controlled. I mean, that, that is the case of the Sasquatch. Okay. When you look at Sasqu Sasquatch, do not have uh, two souls like we do. Sasquatch have a single soul, each each one of them. And when I when I saw that, when I heard uh, that explanation from Minelia that Sasquatch they have a single soul, huh. it made perfect sense to me. Why? Because years ago, when I was reading the Law of One book, the Ra material, uh, Ra. Uh, communicated to them that when Tiamat, the planet, was blown up, right. all, those, all those people, all those souls were fragmented terribly. I mean, it was thousands and thousands of years it took for them to come together as, uh, as a completely complete enough so that they could... Uh, consciousness, be, right. Their consciousness could integrate enough so that they could occupy bodies again. So they were transferred to Earth. So according to Ra, the, the Sasquatch are the people that were inhabiting the planet Tiamat. So that explains why the, the Sasquatch don't want a second soul. They're just happy that they are complete themselves. <laughs> That's how sad, because that carries a lot of uh, damage. I mean, you yeah. have your own built and blowed up about you. Yeah. And I love you, Sasquatches. And when you when you look at the story of the Native Americans and about Sasquatch, they have a story. They say that uh, in a particular time, very far in, in in the past, you know, all the all the animals, all all the every all the creatures went to the to their their what do you know? I don't know what they 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 have a specific name for their one creator. Then uh, and they were. Uh, told to to go to come over to the to the one creator because they would be given the souls you know the their the souls that they wanted and all of the animals that wanted the second soul they all came to the to the creator except the sasquatch the sasquatch all the sasquatch they refused to have a second soul in them and that's the story 
<laughs> well, because I, I believe heavily in the Middle Earth, okay? And I think Sasquatches can travel through time, space, um, level dimensional realms, okay? And I think they're very special entities. Now, maybe not wanting the second soul. Now, to me, you talking second soul, I see it as my oversoul. It's the truest me that can be that either has connection with the soul here in the earth plane, not on it, in the earth plane. Okay? And that uh, that's what helps direct me almost like intuition. It can give me warning. It can give me extra ha-ha-ha-ha's or, or whatever. All kind, you know, can open doors and windows for you, etc. Be only if you're recognizable enough to know that they can go hand in hand and help each other out. One is like the higher level of consciousness over soul, and then the consciousness here, that's like the driver of the vehicle, you know what I mean? So, but that's just my opinion. Dilution. Mm -hmm. I did, I lost. <coughs> no, I was wondering what the sound is in the background. It sounds like music. Sounds like music. It yeah. is. It's the guys bearing the TV. Oh, I thought okay. it was going to be the same song we just heard, and I was going to go, oh, what a secret is it? But it's not. So. <laughs> That's uh, why I stayed. Um, okay, let me ask you guys. Um, Walt, what, how long would you li live when the, the question was first asked? Where did you hesitate or did you at all? No, my <laughs> The first response that I heard, I was alone in my room reading this, and I heard the words come out of me. Why? Why do I, do I have to? Why do I have to put a number? Right. Exactly. That was, that was the first answer that came out of me. Like instead of thinking, oh, maybe this long. No, I, I was like, why? Why do I have to put a number? Why do exactly. I have to put a limit? I know that there is no death. In fact, it would be lovely if there were death, but. Uh, I see so many negative people that are still floating around, so I was like, well, I guess death doesn't actually kill anybody. It, it was, I couldn't help laugh at it, that part of uh, Inelia's toward the end, where, where, <laughs> where you, she's describing this belief system where people think, oh, they don't have to do anything, all they have to do is wait for death, because our relatives are magically going to become good people. And it made me laugh so hard, because I had that experience myself. I had two different, two different uh, circumstances where one was a session with a psychic here in, in the Twin Cities, um, Bill Barnes. He's the reincarnation of Thomas Andrews, the man who built the Titanic. And uh, he, he did a session with me. And uh, in the middle of the, of, the, of the channeling, my grandfather stepped in. And the first he, he, thing he started doing was uh, recriminations. I hate recriminations about anything, especially when I don't owe you anything. And it's like, and I said to my mother after the session, is like, after all of the years that he's dead, instead of saying, oh, I love you, or I miss you, or anything, the first words out of his mouth on the other side is recriminations. Is a good riddance to you. And that was number one. <laughs> number two was I was in then, then San Diego and I was having a conversation by the, with the psychic lady who was friends with the other 
gentleman that I was traveling with <clears throat> and uh, she did a session with me and in this one if my father stepped in and the first thing he did it was recrimination is like he was recriminating me that I wasn't remembering thing remembering him and I'm well and I'm, I'm thinking what you spent your life running away from me every chance you get and you're you're complaining now that I'm not wanting to connect with you what's what's up with this so it's like so that, that's it that's what you get from when with hello relatives from another dimension complaints and recriminations goodbye <laughs> you know, yeah, nice to you. so when i read that part of her i said oh god that is, is so funny she's absolutely right people because people die they don't become saints overnight because they just died now they just don't have their body the physical body that's all Exactly. <laughs> How scary that is that they can assume to have such expectations in death and life. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. But that's, why, that's why the cabal invented uh, karma. That's, oh. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's oh. a cabal invention. They, they don't. Really? It is. You know, they, 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 they set it up in such a way that why do they think they, they came up with this limited. A lifetime where you have this a uh, hundred years tops and you have to because that way you don't live enough to process what you have to process and you you are because remember they what they what's the inculcation the what's the the religious programming the religious programming is that you die in sin therefore you have to come back to pay for all your sins remember that story it's been it plays in every theater. Oh, you have you have to pay for your sins. So you even if you're dead, you're still owing them something. So you have to come back and come back and come back and come back. And come back. I so think you're only thinking of one way of that kind of definition of that word, because <laughs> to me the definition can also accue cause and effect, which is karma. Action, reaction, karma. But you see, what's wrong? What's wrong? And, and I'm not the only one saying this. I mean, there are many, many proponents have said this. Is right. that incarnation is normal? Okay. Souls, you know, come and go. They incarnate in this planet, or they incarnate in a different planet. That's normal. It's reincarnation. That's unnatural. It's unnatural to be forced back into the same planet over and over again with this storyline. Oh, you have this debt because of this. Oh, you oh you, right. you have this debt, and then you have to come back. And no, no, that's that's a force. That's a created. It's a contrived system to right. force souls into service, because this planet has been in the hands of this control cabal, and they think they own you, and even in death, they own you. Like, like case in point, I'll give you a perfect example of the of death, of death after death. Okay. Uh, for example, um, this lady, uh, her, uh, uh, her, her, I think her, her name is Karen. Uh, what, what was the name of that um, of that uh, um, uh, what the that writer who wrote uh, this the oh. I, I keep I forget the, the this famous writer that he wrote this book and oh, now I'm I can't remember his name oh Hemingway 
This this woman is a, is this is a daughter of Hemingway, and she's a, and she does um, uh, astro, uh, the uh, the astrological charts for people, you know, birth charts, uh, all the, all those charts, and she she also she's also a psychic. She's able to see and speak to ghosts or you know people that are on the other side. So yeah. one year she went to uh, I don't know if she went there for some kind of uh, either uh, uh, some some kind of gathering for that, but for one year she goes to Gettysburg and she spent the night at a bed and breakfast. Okay. So in the middle of the night, she initially she felt someone get into the room. Then when she sat up in the bed, she actually saw this boy who. She, he he came out of one wall and he made a motion like he's going into this into a room that's not no longer there because and now it's it's, it's just a wall. So right. and it, it turns out it turns out that this this uh, boy actually was in was uh, working in the army and he had been sent to get uh, some munitions from a room. So what she did is she stopped the boy and she said, you know. You know you're you're dead. You're dead. I mean, the war is over. You don't need to be stuck doing this. So she was able to convince him, um, and he so left. Yeah. So she felt very proud of herself. You know, she liberated this poor soul. And when she went downstairs and she checked out, and she said to the uh, the woman that that owned that bed and breakfast, that woman was livid. She was furious. How dare you do that? How do you? Why do you get rid of our ghost? You know, people are common paid to see the ghost. So there you are. <laughs> Instead of being free, because finally the the wars are not. You're stuck for eternity replaying this movie over and over again with all the horrors and all the the, the, the oh, grief, God. the pain and the suffering. You because somebody's making money out of your dead your death. Yeah, that's that's pretty sad. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. But I mean, I've helped others to the other side that were grateful. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Oh my I God, God. so see totally what you're saying. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, you know, let's keep things fresh. I mean, come on, that was yeah. oh, Gettysburg. Ugh. So all those people that uh, that I'm sorry that people there are people that reach circumstances in their life where they they only see the only way out for them is suicide i am oh. really really so sorry and i can't help that but it's not a way out you, nothing you're not going to be free of anything you're, yeah, you're no, still going to yeah. be stuck exactly and, why waste the effort though too you know what i mean i mean yeah. there's still a beautiful planet here i love this planet and so today I got to watch the goose's pen get cleaned out from spring and summer, and he was so happy, and he didn't attack <laughs> the guy doing it, which made me very happy. But you know, it's just, yeah. Oh no, I just I have a hard time believing karma in the way that you're saying it, but I'm not saying it's not valid or true or part of the progression. But me personally, I am no sinner. I did nothing. <laughs> That I know that's going to come up and bite me in the ass. And if it did, it was my oversoul who helped direct it to get there because my undersoul needed to learn a lesson. 
that's the way I feel about it. You know, karma, they, they've mistaken it and made it evil. And it's not to me always, but now. Does that make sense? Well, Cause... look at it. Uh, I don't know about you, but like I, I came from Argentina where the uh, official religious is, is Catholic. Okay. And according to the Catholic, you're, you're never free of sin. It's sin. It's a, you, you were born a sin and you're going to die a sinner. So that they make, they force people to believe that, you know, can you imagine a little boy, a little girl and being in, in oh, yeah, I know, programs right? from birth. You're oh, you're a, you, That's right. So, so there's no, there's no chance of escaping ever. No, no, you were born a sinner, you're you're gonna die a sinner. So. That's why I checked out a piece of every religion <laughs> I could get my hands on. <laughs> just to make sure what is what. The first time I saw them speaking in tongues, I ran the other way. <laughs> okay. And all these ideas that they knew when in my heart said, uh-uh. If anything, I'd give Jesus a vacation, okay? Because y'all need to get your own asses in line and not ask for help because you've been asleep at the well, wheel. Not only, not only that, there's uh, there's uh, there's one little tiny element that she left out in the in in everything she said, is that all those that uh, are, for example, in Argentina, they buy into this uh, storyline that the more you suffer, the more pure you are the more holy you are to the to the eyes of the lord the, the lord loves you like no other because you've been suffering all your life and there are actually people that go out looking for pain because oh the more you suffer then oh the more the more pure you are the more saintly you are i'm shaking in my boots that and, is uh, horrifying oh my god you i'm know, just it, I'm it's, part, part protestant and it was all for Jesus was here to love and help the children. I mean, I I got that kind of dialogue as a youngin. So I was going to a Protestant church and got love. So I'm really happy because I was going through physical abuse with my father, stepfather, and all that. So being a victim and but learning through that church. I mean, to me, and then I went Baptist, and then you go, whoa, you can't do this, you can't do that, what? <laughs> it made no sense to me. And then the Lutheran, it was a little iffy hip in there. So, no, I've, I've even looked at the Sanskrit and the Hebrew and the Tamand, and the, I love the Tibetan Book of the Dead, if you really want to look at how certain ideals are with consciousnesses is, is, is. so but yeah i've always wanted an answer and you're not going to get a straight answer because there's so much variety so you just try not to take this shit too personal in my opinion but that's me um, how about you nancy what did you think about it uh well um <clears throat> when she said a hundred you know i said oh yeah that no problem there you know i didn't have any problem with that but when she went beyond a hundred i was like uh i you know i balked <laughs> and so then i stopped listening to what he was saying and i started wondering why i had balked and my first inclination was that 
yeah, I'm afraid of being bored. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I have but to agree with you. Huh? I have to I agree have to with you. Agree with you know? Um, and then I um, thought about it again and I said, no, because if what really was made me balk was that if if, if I go out a hundred years more and I'm still in the same situation I am now regarding this evil that has permeated this planet, right, then right. I'm going to be some kind of a slave, some kind of a zombie, some kind of an AI, and no, that's not, that's nothing I would choose. I would not choose that. So then I had to consider, okay, so what is it that, that you know, <laughs> See, Walt, you say something to me and I go off on these tangents. You know, so w would I put a stipulation on it? You know, well, I'll hang around for, you know, 100 years because I really do believe that we're going to make it. But I can't kind of like even conceive of something more than 100 years. And that unknown, unknown would make me uh, hesitate committing I don't like commitment. I'm like, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I don't want to move. I don't. There's nothing I want to change in my life. I'm perfectly content. I could spend a hundred years doing what I'm doing. Right. You know, no problem. But knowing that there's timelines and all this weird shit that's out there, um, no, I have. I have to say, I, I'm. And, and that goes back to the concept that I said earlier that I felt that probably I'd been in the same body a number of incarnations, at least the recent ones, because I can I can see the connection between things that I do, things that I was, uh, let's say, uh, on to, and see them in characters that I know I lived those lives experience right. those lives so i see a connection to probably the same soul entity because when i look at these people it's like you know and they weren't all good people i'm not saying they were all good people um but when i look at these people i feel like i was comfortable Used you know to. yeah yeah so um having those memories of fighting the same people, the same evil, lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Uh, no, I, I want this I want this game over with. This is this has gone beyond right. I don't blame it's, it's it's getting repetitive. And repetitive yeah, like means boring. <laughs> But then again, you might have different avenues and different conclusions too. If you just told them, yeah, I don't want to try some. I'm taking a right now. I took a left all those other times, but now I'm turning right. Well, the the thing that keeps me going is that I can see a proje uh, uh, a progression of evo in evolving. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I didn't fall for the same bullshit that George Patton fell for. Well, you got to consider what sex you were, too, because that still has a lot of difference. It does have a lot of difference. But the fact that I would decide to 
choose a, a female body over a male body, right there is a heads up that I know where the game is. Mm -hmm. I know where the real power is now. Right. You know, and um, if you're going to, let's say, get yourself into a, a position of at least being able to play the game in a, let's say, a position of power, even though power is the problem. Well, don't you think it's more the level of the what you think you own is power and that you're entitled to it no matter what you're doing? That's the power that they have upon us? Because I, I don't want to be a slave for anybody either. But uh, choosing to be in a female body, that's a, that shows a strategy because the female is able to think five times faster than a male. The, there she has a, an edge over the others. Well, she's already told us how, so many stories of uh, her uh, uh, circumstances and, and uh, all the experiences in the army. And they were scared of her because she was so, she, she was able to do things that nobody else could do. Right. So she was yeah. right to choose a female. Fast, yeah, faster thought and energy. Well, I can tell you that um, it's a much preferable body for most of its life. The time when you're having those periods and stuff, that sucks. Well, that's also <laughs> yeah. a lot of attention. <laughs> you know, that just sucks. But when you... Can I say this one second? I learned it's because we've been trained that it's a mess. It's It's dirty. It's not... But that's the true power of the female is the blood because that's life. And yeah, you got to clean the old stuff out for the new stuff to come in because I know about the cramps and all that. But when I learned to trust, honest, and enjoy my period, I never would have cramps in that again because I didn't curse myself and the conditions. I had a three-day menopause, Nancy. People go through menopause, or women, you know, can go through some hairy menopause, but I wasn't going to take it personally. So it whipped on past me. And it was because my of mother my had no, no menopause. One month she had it, the next month, never again, and yeah. without any symptoms of any kind. Right, she was kind of concerned because her mother had, uh, what do you call it, the hot flashes oh, yeah. for, for a long time. Never, <laughs> nothing like that at all. One month she had a period, next month it stopped and never come back again. Women have been trained to curse themselves, and that's oh. what happens. But then again, with the food and water and stuff that we have now, gosh, I feel for anybody going through any of that stuff because we're trying to exist off of, you know, clean or filthy water, dirty nutrition, no nutrition food, you know. And, that's the kind of world I want. I'll live billions of years if I can have that kind of world where everything's back to first nature with God. Creep mode foods. I've got my Garden of Eden back. Well, I think I think it's there someplace. We just have to find our way to it. Bring it to mm. us. Manifest it. And yeah, being afraid, being afraid of dying is like 
kind of a waste of time. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, oh, oh uh, the other thing, yeah, the other thing that, that she said, you know, if you knew that you were going to die in seven days, what, what changes would you make? And I said, oh, I'd get my will done. <laughs> I'd smoke more marijuana. <laughs> you know? Other than that, there's nothing that I would I don't change. Well, so I don't smoke, smoke a whole. Smoke a whole. No, I don't. You know, Oops, no. I, I have a good time every day. So, anyway, I get. Uh, I get. We are what? blessed. We are blessed. We are blessed, Nancy. I believe that. But w women have a. a and I'll be honest with you, when I talk about being a woman, it's from an energetic standpoint. Um, it's much more comfortable. You're, you, you don't have the feeling of constriction that you have with men. In the male body, the male body's, uh, the energy field is it's continually in a state of much more cohesion, much more mechanical, I've got to do this, 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 this. Whereas a woman has uh, creativity, flexibility, and even in the energy field. Mm -hmm. So it's comfortable to be in. And from, from that standpoint, it's just more comfortable. From the physical standpoint, I grew up in a time where nobody talked about having, you know, your period. We called it a friend. Okay. You know. Um, and the first book on the subject was Passages. And yes, it came out. It was extremely popular. And it, in fact, did accurately describe what was happening within the body. But it didn't tell you really what was happening in the body <laughs> you know right. it was it was and so when when i read it i was like so let's learn more you know what what is this all about now the other thing that i had was that i was on a cycle that every three weeks i had my period and nobody else around me was having it that often i didn't have too much trouble with it but it was just like what is this about well then I find passages, and then I find out a little bit more about this. And it really is. I mean, if you look at the biology of it, and, and the Native Americans had it down pat, they would, when you, when you, what, what did they call that tent? They would go, all the women, and synchronization. What's the synchronization of periods in women? You know, uh, the women in a tribe, correct me if I'm wrong. Right. No, you're sounding right. But they'd all have their periods basically at the same time. And so they would go to a, a tent and they would all get away from their families and just go off by themselves and probably have a wonderful time. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, but that's not how we were doing it here. But I did find out that um, the connection between the, the menopause and your whole biological processing here is that you're born as a female with a certain number of eggs mm -hmm. when you don't the eggs are, are are when you ovulate you're dropping eggs okay if you 
if if you if you're not getting pregnant, where in a pregnancy the uh, the egg dropping is stopped, so you're in pregnancy for nine months. You, the more kids you have, the later your menopausal state will be, because for nine months you're not dropping eggs. Mm-hmm. In my case, every three weeks I was dropping eggs, and I've never been pregnant. So by 42, I was over menop- I was postmenopausal. Right. It was like, it was one of those weird things. That, you know, technically you can't be postmenopausal until you've been without a period for 11 months. And I went like 11 months, and then I got it, and then 11 months, and then I got it. So I was probably about 45 before I was postmenopausal. But you know, one period a year was okay with me. But well, it don't is. Forget well, don't that forget you, that you, your physical. Uh, chemistry has been altered because I'm not criticizing. I'm just pointing out something that uh, it it served you very well. Uh, you consumed enough LSD to to kill a, a, an elephant, but it, it didn't affect you negatively. <laughs> I mean, it, I don't it, believe it, that. It, pa- it pushed you forward in your own gro- uh, spiritual growth. She probably had her periods like that before she started doing her partying, so. No, you know, I mean. I started at 11. My first period was at 11 years old. Yeah, I think about, I think it was 12 maybe. But, um, yeah, so, but once you get past that, boy, I'll tell you, being postmenopausal is a lot of fun. Because you just don't have the all right. that energy just squirreling around in your body. You know, your all the things that make you more. Now, there's probably a lot of people out there. I have uh, family members who like being pregnant. They they like that feeling of pregnancy for a lot of reasons. Most of it's psychological. I think. Oh, look at you, pregnant. You're special. Um, but whatever. Um, so. Women are special, but the the concept of of integrating that lifestyle into the Native Americans like they did, and probably you know I mean I'm sure that the men were very glad that they got, went off and done that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out of the house, we'll be fine. Don't worry about it, you know. But I have to I have to tell you a funny story. Um, I also didn't have very many symptoms whatsoever, like you mentioned heat flashes. Well, <clears throat> I went to, up to my mother's house in, in Massachusetts, and boom, while I was there, I got this heat flash. And I was like, I, I hadn't even experienced one before, and it was the only one I experienced was up there. But my mother was there, and I said, oh, Jesus, I think I just have a, I think I'm in heat flash here. And she started laughing. I said, what are you laughing about? She said, well, it reminds me of Jean Kumi. And I said, why would that remind you of Jean Kumi? And she said, well, she would get these heat, these flashes when she went through menopause that would just, she'd break out in this sweat. She'd turn red. She, you know, it was one of these terrible things. And I said, well, as long as we're talking about this, Mom, why don't you tell me the symptoms that you had? And she looked at me and she said, oh, I didn't have any. <laughs> right mm-hmm. so I kind of thought mm, this sounds a little fishy to me so I asked my sister Lori the RN who's 16 years younger than I am and I said you know I was asking mom about menopausal uh, you know symptoms and she said she didn't have any 
and she stopped what she was doing. You know, her head flew back. She looked me in the face and she said, oh, my God, that woman was crazy. <laughs> you know, and I thought, oh, good. I hope I don't have to be crazy to go through menopause. But no, I didn't have it bad at all. But um, yeah, so those people that are still young enough and going through that, the good times are coming. <laughs> Just hang in there. And it's like like Mona says, don't fight it, embrace it. It is what we we are. And I think there's a lot more openness about that now too. You know, when we were growing up, when I was growing up, it was like, no, you don't talk about that. That's right, you don't. No. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, see, on this show, we have no agenda. We just talk about whatever we want to talk about. <laughs> it's reincarnating. Yeah. You know, that all goes in with it. Because we're like becoming the old crones. We've got our place of wisdom now. You know, I believe it because we're not hormonally disbalanced. <laughs> Because every time my housemate in Florida, he could see it on me. All right, her period's coming. Let's get her filet mignon or something else like that. He would feed me a great beef with the juicy meal, you know, veggies and all that. Because he could see it in my system. But I wouldn't know. You know, I don't, I'm working. I'm doing motherhood and taxi driver and you know things like that and plus running my own business so i would never notice when my period is coming but he could tell and he would he would make me a big old good old steak dinner so yeah it's kind of funny <laughs> so <clears throat> what else would you like to talk about walt did you, have you listened, you know, one of the things that seems to be trending is um, ancient aliens. That oh. we, we are genetically, you know, there's, a, that we, somebody mucked with us. And I was, uh, I saw, I, I started seeing, you know, people's shows on this subject. And I find one and it's only about 22 minutes long. And it, it was a real just the science you know in 2011 this is what they found out and when you look at just the science and what's being said about it you know uh yeah somebody knew a lot about dna before human beings came about because you know they st still talk about this missing link you got three million years of this species on the face of the earth that within a matter of you know a generation all of a sudden has a bigger better brain you know, how the hell did that happen? Um, why do they have that big egg in, uh, I think it's Malta, where they've got uh, a DNA strand, obviously DNA strand, that's, you know, carved into it. And why is it that the DNA strand image is found in a lot of ancient writings and stuff? And it was really interesting. This whole thing was, you know, like one science thing after the other indicating, you know, yeah, we've been manipulated. And then halfway through the show, the sound went out. Boom. I'm going like, well, this is this is discouraging. And I have no clue as to why that might have happened. But 
Otherwise, I would have played it because it was fascinating. But that the, I wasn't going to get the whole story. So if anybody sees that particular, it was it's a woman talking, and somebody took it from. See, I hate it when people take things and then don't give the people that they took it from credit. Right. Yeah, don't blame you. I agree. No, take anything you that I've ever done, but for God's sakes, give us credit. Because if the people like what we're saying, then they should have access to more. Exactly. Yep, I agree there too. And I, when I do find things like this, I, I try to find the original. And I did, but I couldn't find the original. So they probably changed the name so much that it's not conforming to the original you know, statement out there. It would lead me to it because there is a tremendous amount of information out there, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and getting, you can, right? Yeah, getting more so all the time. Um, one of the things I, I'm going to, I'm not going to play it, but I did get a, a clip. And Tucker Carlson, okay, he, now he's on, I don't know what we're supposed to call it, X's? You know, for Twitter, it's X instead of Twitter. So are the messaging X's, I guess. I Everybody's know. having trouble with it. The hosts on Fox News were going like, what do we call this? Like, you know, but he's got a station there, uh, Tucker Carlson. And he, he just put out on the 10th an hour-long interview with uh, Chief uh, Sand, who was the police chief in D.C. on January 6th. That interview is a, a redo because Tucker had done it for Fox. And it was about to play, I believe, in the next, either the, the, the next, I think it was the next week before he, well, he was, he was fired on a Monday. And it was supposed to air that week and it never did. But I highly recommend that you go there and that you listen to this because when you hear it, you realize that the chief of police of the Capitol was not told intelligence that supposedly was known about the dangers of, of January 6th. When it, everything started coming apart, he went to the sergeant of arms of the Congress and said, dude, I need National Guard here. And there is a DC National Guard armory on the other side of the city. And the Sergeant of Arms says, well, I'll run it up the chain of command, which means that Pelosi and McDonnell of the Senate, the head of the Senate, the head of the Congress, they were the ones that decided whether or not to give him permission to call in the National Guard. And it took 71 minutes. And during that 71 minutes, he had called out to every state troops, troopers in New Jersey actually got to the Capitol before the National Guard did. Because they didn't, they weren't stopped by higher ups. When he fought, at one point he had a conversation with the National Guard and said, "Look, at, I'm going to get the approval soon. I mean, you know, in the next couple of minutes, you've got to send, get him on the way." And the guy says to him, "This is the head of the 
National Guard in D.C. said, well, we don't like the optics. That was his reason for not sending the troops in initially. We don't like the optics. So well, probably told to stand down. Right, exactly. Oh, they were. The, the, they had National Guard there just because they, they do for traffic control and crowd control, like in the, when you know you're going to have a lot of people coming into the D.C. area, and those people were told to stand down. But it's something to look at because when you look at that information, I mean, there's so much information indicating it was all a setup. But when you listen to the guy that was there in charge, um, and, and he's never been... They won't listen to him. They won't interview him, the Congress and stuff. And the Congress has have destroyed all of the documents associated with that uh, show trial that about January 6th that they televised and everything. All the documents have been destroyed. Yes, so this is, uh, this is turning into a lot of information coming out showing uh, how bad it is. So from the standpoint of just as it, are we doing good? Yes, we're doing very good because there's a lot of information coming up. So we're in the last two minutes here, maybe less. I better check this thing. This, this countdown on the station is screwy. Uh, thanks all for being here. Thank you, Walt. Dolly, I hope you feel better soon. Yes, and, uh, Yeah, and Mona, um, maybe we'll have to have you on Tuesday too. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you want to say good night? Everybody, Everybody share the blanket and put it out there. We deserve it. Yeah, what about you, Walt? Have a good night, everybody. It was wonderful to be here with you because that's what we share the energy. Yeah, have a good. super good night. Yeah. We still have a minute. <laughs> you did it too fast. Well, it's, well, it's, it's your minute, boss. <laughs> I, I, I forgot Dolly wasn't here. If you say Dolly, you know, you can't be sure if she's going to say goodnight or oh, no, 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 love blankets. That's so, right, love blankets. That's right. Love blankets. <laughs> Everybody throw love blankets. Be I'm safe. glad she's having a time with her family because we all should get some of that too. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad she did it. I'm sorry she's feeling bad, but, you know, uh, yeah, she had a great time. A great time. She'll tell us about it. All right. We're out of here. Thanks, everybody. Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.